Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 97. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hello, Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. I mean, I'm tired. I am (laughs) on... Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I am on, this is Kristen, on day three of um, my challenge. I have two challenges going right now. I have a yearly challenge, which is to run 2,021 miles in the year 2021. And then I, right now, am doing a one-month, 30-day challenge that's uh, called Whole30. And basically, it's an elimination diet where you are taking out all your processed, um, like, sugars and uh, wheat flour, uh, any weird preservatives. Um, You can't have dairy. You can't have cheese or butter. It's, like, really crazy because, basically, you're just trying to learn how and then at the end of 30 days you reintroduce these things slowly so that you can learn what things affect your body in what ways Um, and the reason I'm doing it is because I in my old age have been having really bad um, intestinal problems when I eat I just feel so full and like and also, I think I've mentioned this already before, TMI, that my poop is just not satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> and I want satisfying poop. I even bought a squatty potty today. Oh it came in the God. mail. I'm so excited. <laughs> a squatty potty. <laughs> yeah, no, so, I have one and I love it. So I am wanting to find out what is it that I'm eating that is making me feel so bloated and gross and disgusting and is causing my tripas to be all wonky. So that's, uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm on day three. So far, so good. But I'm, I'm already expecting at some point to like cry. <laughs> I bet you it's dairy. It's some form of dairy or all the forms of dairy. Yeah, uh, Eddie says that. Eddie, Eddie also is um, victim to that, and he tells me I don't know how many times a year to not let him eat cheese. <laughs> and next thing I know, <laughs> next thing I know, the block of cheese in the refrigerator has bites taken out of it. Like he can't even have the decency to c- cut pieces. He bites <laughs> oh, out of no, the block of really? cheese. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's he's, 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 he's asking you to go to Bay Cities and buy him a hunk of the Parmesan cheese. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> but I mean, don't you guys get that charcuterie charcuterie? Yes, board every that year too. For his he birthday, tells right? me I'm not going to eat cheese, and then I'll ask him. I asked him, what do you want for Christmas? And he sent me a list, and on it was yummy cheese. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, Aww, I made so a cheese sad. board on New Year's Eve as uh, in between, like, me cooking so that my siblings would have something to uh-huh. snack on and so that I would have something to snack on. And, man, it was delicious, but, like, around 2 a.m., I was just like, I have regrets. I have <laughs> deep, deep regrets, but it was delicious. 
-hmm. Yes, that's the thing. It's delicious going in. <laughs> oh, yeah, most certainly it is. Um, I, I also made a cheese board for New Year's, and it was delicious. I had the grapes, the fig, uh, whatever the mm -hmm. fig thing is. And yeah, I saw. Some almonds, and it was, and, and apples, and it was just really good. I think the bad part for me is that I went a little crazy and bought a little more than I should have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because you want it all no. when you're there. It looks, because yeah. you can't decide, so it I get it. <laughs> and to be honest, to be really honest you really shouldn't shop when you haven't eaten because then right. you want to just eat with your eat eyes everything, buy everything says. yes yep. <laughs> oh yeah no definitely snack or something before you go into shopping and then you know i thought to myself i'm gonna i'm gonna buy um a banana to kind of ease my hunger at trader joe's but and then i forgot to just get one banana and i got like mm -hmm. the bunch and then then i didn't notice that that they weren't really ripe so uh, it, when uh, i bit into it it was like a car oh i hate yucky. that it yeah. was the worst i'm just like okay so so much for my freaking snack i'm still hungry mm. anyway but uh, we <laughs> we made it i survived <laughs> but uh, oh and uh my neighbors did not have a party but they they did have three people in the backyard and they had their music ups and because we decided to do like a little bonfire in the back uh, we also had our music up, and then they mm -hmm. mimicked our music. And oh, then, really? Yeah, and then um, then we just proceeded to get drunk uh, because my brother was then making palomas and margaritas ooh, and, and ooh, tequila nice. sunrises. Nice. Uh, and uh, so then when we were, like, really, really buzzed, we put, I don't know why we did this, but we put a Rage Against the Machine, <laughs> and then we just started, like, like singing, like, was was scream singing yeah. I guess yeah and uh, yeah and um, I think our neighbors did not appreciate that and now they know <laughs> how it feels yes they do <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no it was a good time um, actually I uh, my uncle he uh, used to do the swap meet he was a vendor at the swap meet and he would bid on uh, 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 what are they called storage units. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, I love, I want to do that so bad. Like storage know, like wars. War, yeah. Storage wars? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. He he actually, he he saw the crew of the storage wars people mm -hmm. uh, on one of his uh, bidding thingies. So that was pretty cool. Um, and uh, so he would come across like a lot of wine and uh, oh, wow. Really? So, yeah. So when that happened and he couldn't sell off some of it, then he would give it to my aunt. <laughs> And then my aunt would my then my aunt would like gift us some. She's like, oh, uh -huh. the tío me trajo unas botellas. <laughs> and and so then uh, there was a I didn't realize, but we had like two wine bottles and a and like I think three champagne bottles. And so as I was looking for them, um, I found I was like, oh shit, I found the ones that my my uncle gave my aunt. So we actually toasted with a, a bottle that he gifted my aunt, Aww. who turned gifted to us. So Aww. like he. He's gone, but he's still making memories for us. He's yeah, helping for us sure. Have yeah. these wonderful memories, and we we were able to pop the bottle at midnight, and it was great. It was really cool. We we toasted with some of my mom's glasses that we rarely use, so I guess they get <laughs> used once a year. But it it was really good. It was really nice, uh, and it was just the people here in our household. Yeah, and so it was it was a really that good. That sounds time. like a great time. It was really nice. Yeah, I put on makeup. I saw you were no fancy. 
fancy. Yeah, I'm like, there's nowhere else to wear. They're like, why are you putting on makeup? I'm like, I cannot wear it anywhere else. I know. So, because I wore a dress to anywhere, work. So. <laughs> I saw that. See? <laughs> we're, all, we're all upping our game. Yep. <laughs> but what, uh, what about you guys? Uh, Chris, you and Eddie just stayed in? So I had planned, because I knew it was my last hurrah of eating and drinking whatever I wanted, I planned the meal of my dreams. <laughs> I had a ribeye steak marinated mm. in um, rosemary and thyme Ooh. butter and Ooh. mashed potatoes. Um, uh, what else? Oh, um, Brussels sprouts and cheesy Texas toast. And wow. then for dessert, I had apple pie with pumpkin ice Ooh. cream. <laughs> Pumpkin and ice cream. it was so good. Really yes. Yes, mm -hmm. it was so good. Oh, mm -hmm. and then Allagash. I drank Allagash beer. And only two in, and I was asleep by 8.30. <laughs> and then I woke up. I was telling Jen I woke up around 10 just to be like, what's going on? And then I fell back asleep, and then I woke up with all the fireworks and mm -hmm. who knows gunshots probably oh, man. out That's... there at midnight and then for whatever reason I was awake for like two hours until 2 a.m. so mm -hmm. oh geez. that was my new year's yeah <laughs> mine was uh like um on new year's eve my parents were making tamales and atoles and stuff like that um and Ooh. we they went to go sell while I stayed home and like cleaned up the kitchen cooked a new year's eve like pork loin roast uh with some yeah Ooh. with some roasted potatoes and a side salad and stuff like that um and when they came home the food the food was already ready me and my siblings had already ate uh i just served them and mm -hmm. heated up the ponche and then i played video games with my friends <laughs> until the new that's until the cool. new year yeah oh, that's I great like, I was, that was pretty good and then oh, cool. that's awesome Man, your meals sound amazing because I knew that we were going to be drinking because my brother was like, I'll mix mm. the drinks. And I was like, okay, well, you know how it is with me. I can't eat and drink at the same time. So <laughs> I know I you're weird. My, br <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> my brother made his seven layer dip, his famous Ooh. seven layer dip. It was so mm -hmm. delicious. And um, I just had the cheese board and then the meat board and stuff. And that it sounds was, pretty satisfying. It was good. Yeah, like we just munched throughout the night, and mm -hmm. it was pretty good. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this new year. Although I know that our troubles aren't, aren't gone because uh, the new year has ha happened, and it just seems all these memes are like, oh yay, I'm, I'm so over yeah. 2020. I'm looking forward to 2021. And I'm like, uh, there's still stuff out there, guys. Like we're yeah. still not, not only clear. that. It's just a like, um, don't count your what is it. Don't count your chickens. Your chickens. Don't, count, don't put your eggs in one before, before they, they hatch. hatch. Yeah. Basket? Yeah. One of the one of those one of those <laughs> chicken sayings. I'm just all like, we all thought 2020 uh -huh. was gonna be fine until March hit us like a fucking wrecking ball. We don't know what 2021 will bring. Yeah. It could be worse for all we know. It's so true. I ain't counting shit. Uh. Right. <laughs> I'm just glad I'm alive right now and just kind of gonna go with it mm -hmm. and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm alive and I'm just gonna go telling with it. Sister. <laughs> I'm just gonna That's gonna be our, that should be our, our tagline. <laughs> we're glad we're alive and we're just gonna go with it. <laughs> yep, pretty much. But 
Yeah, I was telling Jen that um, one of the doctors we bill for uh, does dialysis, mm -hmm. and <clears throat> there's a special unit that the uh, uh, patients with COVID attend. And so he was following only one patient with COVID at the new unit, but now it's 10 oh, patients wow, with COVID. Wow. So it, in, in just in a matter of months, it changed from 1 to 10. So, I mean, the numbers are still yeah. crazy as, as fuck. Well, I mean, California just <laughs> yeah. saw 20,000 new uh, cases because, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, for us especially, I think we're so deeply into it because we're in LA County and LA County is like the epicenter of everything right now mm -hmm. and our cases and our numbers and everything are so high and a lot of other people are freaking still eating inside mm -hmm. of restaurants yeah exactly so uh it's uh it's a scary world out there guys um i i wouldn't mind getting the vaccine and turning into a zombie because then i'd live <laughs> forever and just feast on your flesh so i mean it's your call guys anti-vaxxers <laughs> anyway that was our new year's guys and Kristen, what time is it now i'm already ready already for La Hora de la Cervecita. Ooh. And yeah. today we have a pretty interesting beer, um, which is Banana Bread Beer by Eagle Brewery. And it, it says, as I was reading the can, it's actually a product of England. So this has oh. come to us all the way from another country. Um, and it says, to this day, Eagle Brewery embraces different perspectives. It means that while others may move cautiously, we soar fearlessly. Take a different view. Fresh bananas pack a whole bunch of aromas, while rich malty hops deliver a seriously fruity flavor. All perfectly balanced by a masterful blend. Malt beverage brewed with bananas and banana flavor added. So it is... Um, has an alcohol by volume of, of 5.2, so it's not um, overly crazy, like you drink one can and you'll get buzzed and have to go to sleep. Um, but um, a couple of these at 5.2, and I think definitely you'll be feeling it. But I have been staring at this beer for weeks, wanting to know what it tastes like and being equally intrigued and scared. <laughs> so. No, I completely get it. Uh, this is a flavored malt beverage. It's a lager blend. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, the hops that they're used are Challenger and Syrian Goldings. I've never heard of those, so I'm excited and scared. Well, <laughs> but being by being in the five point range, I think is less scary. But the the I don't know what the flavors are gonna be Nothing. like. So that's oh you oh my okay. god it smells it smells like but like banana nalators. <laughs> what? Let me see. Have you ever oh. had banana oh, nalators? Or, right. or banana laffy <laughs> taffy? Yes, oh, exactly. My. Banana Laffy Taffy. That's my oh. favorite, actually. What? It's got so. an O from Jen. Look at this color. It's sort yeah. of like an, an amber And you, you can definitely smell the banana. You can taste oh, it, yeah, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Let me taste. Okay, here we go. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Like, 
Ooh. Oh, how do we... Mm. Okay. Have you guys... How do we begin to describe this? Have you guys ever had, like... Like, uh, a licuado that's just, like, banana, ice, and milk? Yes. My grandmother, that's how she would make it for Mm -hmm. me when I was a kid. This reminds Mm -hmm. me of that. Yep. But, like, alcoholic, I guess. It has... Uh-huh. It's, like... You could pour this probably in that smoothie, and I would it would all taste the same for me. Yeah, yeah you know, it's interesting that you say that because now I feel that this could be the missing ingredient to a really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like no, yeah, so it tastes like for it me, tastes like banana bread. <laughs> Yo, without I haven't the had banana bread in mm-hmm. so long. Yeah, without the nuts. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> no i you know what i honestly thought that um we i would take a sip and then throw away the rest of it because i didn't know how i would feel about banana in my mm-hmm. beer me too but this is really yeah. delicious me too really delicious. i was like i like bananas and i like beer but no. I don't know that I want bananas in my beer. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know if you like them together. Well, now I can answer the question. Yeah. That, yes, I do like them together. Because, like, oh, yeah. yeah. This the is more I too. drink it, the more I like Initially? it. But that first initial sip yeah. was so surprising. Because I don't know what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. But I was not expecting that super banana flavor. And it's not, like, overpowering. Because you can taste the beer. You can taste, like... The, the like malt and hops and stuff like that but the banana is definitely mm-hmm. there it's present and it tastes yeah. it actually tastes it's- pretty delicious oh you know what this is like a dessert beer uh-huh. like you could pour this over ice cream Ooh. or something like a vanilla ice cream Ooh. yes oh yeah like yes mm-hmm. i totally it's, yes i see I've, that. I've had um dark chocolatey coffee porters poured over vanilla ice cream and it's really mm-hmm. good so yeah, like yeah, really? or like you could put this mm-hmm. like in a like in like a banana pudding or something, or drink it with a banana pudding. I could see myself. You know how I talk about not being able to eat and drink at the same time, but I could definitely eat some um, <laughs> dessert and drink this. Like I feel that mm-hmm. I could do that. It's it's light, but yet it has this amazing taste. Yes, and the the banana is just complementary to the beer and the hops. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's and and you know usually malt beverages. I'm a little bit uh, apprehensive because I used to drink Mickey's and I would have like the worst experiences. <laughs> I was just gonna say, not me. Me and malt beverages have been BFF since high se- senior year in high school. <laughs> a long, a long-standing friendship. I see. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh no, I. Oh my god, I punched this guy out. Oh my god. Um, because yeah, it was it was Oh my god. I I'm like how why did I do that? Oh my god. I I'm, I'm so embarrassed about it right now. <laughs> because it, he didn't deserve it. I just Did he? Yeah, oh my god. Did he? <laughs> well, it wasn't his fault. I had a crush on him. And so I had a crush on him. And I don't know. That him? seems like because he because he 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 wasn't he was he didn't notice. I don't know. No, I mean we would we would hang out and then like um, uh, in this case I think it was one of the very first times we only had malt beverage Mickey's, 
and um and then he was flirting with another girl so uh, i don't know the malt liquor in me whatever made me walk up to him and punch him like i feel bad about it yeah so not only would i choose malt beverages Mm -hmm. i would drink them with a straw Ooh, fancy. <laughs> fancy malt beverage. Oh, my God. Because um, in high school... Yeah, no, but this... They're like, if you mm. drink your alcohol through a straw, you get buzzed faster. So really? That, I don't know if it's true or not, but there I was with my straw <laughs> as, <laughs> as a teenager. Mm. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, no, uh, this uh, this is really outstanding. Actually, I'm really impressed with this taste, and 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 even though it's sitting and kind of kind of acquiring a room temperature, it's still mm-hmm. really good. And I was kind of worried because I am not a fan of English ales because for the most part they're not carbonated enough for me. They're super flat. And also, you're supposed to drink English. I mean, I know it's not an ale, but in my mind, that's what I was thinking. Flat and hot yeah. beer. Yes, yes. That's, that's, all, that's what I was thinking. So, yes, this was pleasantly surprising. I, mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Yes. Um, yeah, when, like, I just got it because the cover, you see, uh, it's kind of a cool can. It's, uh, it has um, the banana peel, like, it's open. But inside it, it's it's a glass of, of beer. And I saw that, and it's it's bright yellow. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. But I did not read where it was coming from. Um, and so when uh, when you were reading the the, um, the label on the side, Kristen, I was like, oh, no. It's really <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was really, I'm really actually kind of shocked that it's this good so i'm really excited and did you get this one from 310 or uh torrent beer craft cellar i i got it from torrent uh craft beer cellar and um yeah it just i i asked them like what do you guys think about this beer she's like well um and this was the girl uh that was helping me out to check out and she's like um i've heard good things and i was like okay cool i'll just take it but the reason mm-hmm. i got it is because it's a small yeah. can yeah and, and again we're all sharing and distancing mm-hmm. right. so um i thought a small can would be good and i'm just glad i picked it up now i'm gonna look <laughs> for it I, it doesn't seem <laughs> like too. it's seasonal yeah bananas are all seasons i think, I think. yeah yeah wow. definitely yeah. so are we ready to yeah. rate it Yes, and so just as a reminder, our rating system is a five-point scale um, with one being flaccid, two initial, three partial, four out of five full, and a five out of five is rigid. And if it is a beer that is absolutely amazing, oh my God, we can't stand it, it's so good, it is a six out of five Super Saiyan. So, uh, Sarah, what do you rate this beer? beer well this was a really exciting surprise the pairing of uh, beer and bananas is shocking to me and like I said scary but this beer just really just did it for me and I love it and even though it's a low percentage I could totally tackle like a six-pack and be super happy so I'm gonna give it a rigid (laughs) (laughs) oh that's funny the taste is amazing I mean who I'm very shocked to hear that people don't like bananas but I'm loving this. 
I'm totally loving this. What about you guys? Okay, so this is Kristen, and like I said, banana-flavored things, even though it's not the real banana taste, it's a fake banana taste, I love it for some reason. I love banana narrowlaters, I love uh, banana Laffy Taffy, and this beer <laughs> tastes like both of those things to me, and I love it, and I also was super um, concerned that it was gonna be flat and gross and just like overpowering with banana, but it's just the right amount, and it's so flavorful and good, and I also give it a five out of five mm -hmm. a rigid. Cool. So this is Jen and I'm going to go with a rigid as well because I like took a sip and it just like I was just blasted in the face with like the liquado taste and I was like yeah I, I can get behind this like uh, liquado in beer form like I'm I'm super okay <laughs> with this. Um, I, it really was surprising because I took a sip and I was like 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 Sarah said she's like oh it got an O because it was it was I was very surprised by the taste. And it's still, like, each time I take a sip, I'm just still so surprised that it's so good. So, uh, it's definitely mm -hmm. a rigid for me. Awesome. I love that rating. It just, I, you know what? This beer definitely put a smile on my face. <laughs> I really, really liked it. And I'm super sad because I'm not going to finish it because, like I said, I'm doing my whole 30 and I just put enough in my taster to taste it. But I really want to finish it really bad right now. But I'm not going to. So hopefully I can find it again because it's I. You have so to good. tell us like what Eddie's reaction to it is. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. And I got some Chisme for you Dilo. guys. Well, Dímelo. Maybe, maybe not... Uh, maybe not that much of a cheese bit, but it's it's very juicy, I think. So Robert Pattinson is ready to quit the Batman because of oh, Matt what? Reeves. Um, it's claimed that he's been pushed to the breaking point while filming Bat Batman uh, with the director Matt Reeves. Um, this comes from the UK's The Sun, and it was a report that came out in October. Uh, according to the Sun, Robert Pattinson has been uh, pushed to the breaking point. Uh, he's saying that uh, the director is a control freak. Um, he's requiring uh, Robert Pattinson to do up to 50 takes in the Batman suit, um, leaving him completely exhausted. Uh, they're claiming that Matt uh, Reeves, the director, is doing this because Pattinson had said reportedly that he did not train for Batman. The uh, real Batman. So yeah, I remember like, that. Yeah. So I think he's like trying to, uh -huh. you know, yeah. But I don't know. This is a little sketchy. I mean, if you push him to the breaking point and breaks contract, um, then Matt Reeves will be known as a, like a tyrant. And then uh, Pattinson will be known as an actor who doesn't work well mm -hmm. on projects. I don't know. I, I feel like there's this can go only bad. This can yeah. only be bad. So um, um, uh, they were saying that they were even saying that the reported coronavirus that Pattinson tested positive with was only like a ploy for him to have some time off. Oh isn't my God. the sun isn't also? That... But isn't the sun like a, a like famous tabloid? The Enquirer. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's basically the. Yeah, it's it's the like the Enquirer. Like, uh, what's the what's the yeah. other one? Uh, like. 
Oh, uh, como se llama la, the one Par- Paris Hilton? The no, the, like, Hilton? The, the, like uh, the National or something like that. It's just, it's a tabloid magazine. It couldn't, we don't know if that's yes. real or not. Yes. Sometimes tabloids can be right. TMZ has proved to us that they, they can be very right sometimes. Um, um, but I wouldn't put a lot of faith into what the sun has to say. They... I know. This is why I mentioned it came from mm-hmm. the sun because as juicy and as, you know, like <laughs> I told you so uh, that I said about Pattinson being the new Batman, um, I know that it could very well be just misguided uh, tabloid uh, articles. So, yeah. Well, it's good cheese. It is. That's why they exist. Yes, That's is. why they're there. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're still in business. Yes, exactly. So that's my chisme, and I love, I love that whole juiciness of it, and that whole like, um, like, uh, como como chisme, like chisme, yeah. chisme. But uh, yeah, that's my chisme, and um, I know that uh, Jen, you had some. Chisme I do have well. some chisme, and it is actually uh, about a new theory, a new original graphic novel from Dark Horse called Raptor, a Sokol graphic novel that is going to be drawn and written by Dave McKeon. And it's going to contain his first creator-owned character. So... That is super ooh. cool. I've seen this more and more where uh, creators are keeping, um, like you said, creator-owned mm-hmm. um, and not like uh, having it then become the property of either Marvel or in this case mm-hmm. Dark Horse. Um, and for those listeners that don't know who Dave McKeon, but know that that's a familiar name, who is Dave McKeon? Dave McKeon, McKeon was the original um, uh, uh cover artist for the Sandman series and he's also done a few other stuff as well he did the covers for Black Orchid uh, and Black Dog uh, as well and he did some stuff for um, uh, the adaptation of Neil Gaiman's uh, American Gods uh, comic book uh, adaptation as well so yeah he's he's amazing and he did all all i think 73 or 76 issues of the sandman series he did he all did of the all of them yes wow. and he's he's very well known for being a multimedia artist um uh, and his mm-hmm. but his artwork is always very astounding very grabbing and very abstract as well uh, so i'm very excited mm-hmm. to see what this has for us because um uh, it's going to be called raptor uh, and it is supposed to be like the synopsis that we have is that Raptor flickers between two worlds and two conflicted souls. Sokol wanders a futile, fantastical landscape, hunting monsters for those that can pay. And Arthur, a writer of supernatural tales in 19th century Wales, mourning the passing of his young wife and dabbling in the supernatural in the vain hope of seeing her again. They both exist in the twilight between truth and lies, life and death, reality and the imagination. So, that sounds super yes, cool. and it's slated to come out in July seventh, twenty twenty one, and in bookstores July twenty 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 one. So it's actually going to come out in comic book stores earlier, uh, and they are now available for pre order on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and at your local LCS. So if you want to get your hands on this super super exclusive 
uh, book because they will be having a regular paperback edition that will retail for $29.99. There's going to be an, an oversized hardcover limited edition one that will retail for $100 as well. Wow. I didn't think this is oh. this is definitely a book that I would get in that like limited edition format because Dave McKean's art is just yes. so beautiful and so nice to look at and I personally for me it really appeals to me in its like unique use of multimedia and abstractness that it's something that I would love to see oversized. Mhm. Oh, absolutely. I when I first met him um at uh San Diego Comic-Con many 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 moons ago um, I was just, I was just like, oh my God, like I have met like, oh, I, I, well, you guys all know that I'm the one who always <laughs> like sheds tears and stuff of joy and stuff. So I was like, oh my God, Dave McKeon. And it was just great. He took a picture of me. He was very kind. He was very nice. And uh, some of his work was in display at a specific booth. And he's also done Signal to Noise, which he also did the graphics on um that was a, a graphic novel that he collaborated with david uh i was gonna say david mack but i met <laughs> so <laughs> um anyway so i mean i'm excited to see this uh uh i'm gonna look at my finances but i think i want to get the hardcover yeah. edition as well. <laughs> so remember <laughs> we got till july. till july and um uh, you just go to your LCS and you can pre ask them to order it for you. Either that very, very nice hardcover edition or the very nice softcover edition as well. So that is my chisme de la semana. All right, guys, now it's time for our book review. What are we reviewing today, girls? So today we are reviewing Araña. Here comes the Spider Girl. Uh, and this one is interesting because it actually collects Amazing Fantasy uh, 2004 issues 1 through 6 and Araña numbers 1 through 6 by Fiona Avery, Mark Brooks, Roger Cruz, Jaime Mendoza, Victor Olazaba, Larry Molinar, Jeannie Lee, and Udon Studios. So this is actually... This is a reprinting of those stories, uh, and it's the, it retells the origin of Anya Corazon, uh, Araña, a.k.a. Spider-Girl. So, I, I know about uh, Anya Corazon, Spider-Girl. I actually really liked her, but I had never read these issues. I grew to know her from Avengers Assemble back around, like, 2012... I want to say 2012, 2013, around there when she was coming out uh, in Avengers Assemble, written by Kelly Sue DeConnick. And she had already been a oh. Spider Girl. She wasn't Araña, she was Spider Girl uh, in those issues. Um, and she was, uh, she would like. Like, she had, like, her powers. She was, like, established kind of as a hero already. And I personally just really love... My first introduction to Anya was in the in that original uh, Avengers Assemble written by Kelly Sue. So, after that, I really wanted to know more about her. And I, like, read anything else that she came out in. She came out, uh, like I said, in Avengers Assemble. She came out in Spider-Geddon, uh, in Spider-Verse, and then Web Warriors, uh, Spider-Girls... Uh, or just Spider Girls, Spider Women. 
Spider Women. Yeah, mm-hmm. Spider Women. Uh, and she's uh, come out in a few others since then. I, I really like her. I think she's really cool. I just never knew how she got her powers. And it was very difficult for me to like even find out anything about her because a lot of these issues were out of print. Um, I'm mm-hmm. very glad they're now in print. But at the same time... Mm-hmm. They're very much a product of their time as well. So uh, I should probably give uh, the synopsis that we have here in the back for the book. But out of the pages of Amazing Fantasy comes a spectacular hero. She's a wall crawler for a whole new generation. Anya Corazon, a.k.a. Aranya. When when scrappy Brooklyn High School student Anya accidentally crosses paths with the mystical Spider Society, she finds herself empowered by a magical tattoo that generates a strange armored exoskeleton and grants her amazing powers. But as Aranya gets more and more more involved with the Spider Society, she learns of their ancient hidden war against a ruthless enemy. Will Aranya become a hunter? Can she keep her father, an inquisitive reporter, from learning the truth? And what happens when her brand new arc enemy transfers into her school? Meet the modern Marvel with the heart of the spider. That. So this book actually cleared up some of the things that I was like mildly like interested in and where they got the origins from in Spider Verse. Uh, so like the whole like the web and stuff like that, and the weaver and stuff like that. So reading about that and the fact that these concepts already existed. Uh, they were just more solidified into in, in the Spider-Verse, I think was really cool. And you can kind of see, like, hey, like, that, uh... Oh, God, who was it that wrote Spider-Verse? I think it was... Dan Slott? No, it wasn't Dan Slott. I have to... Let me check. I had a copy mm-hmm. here. I was going to look, but I don't know yeah. what I did with it. <laughs> and uh, Spider-Verse is actually what Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was based off of. Uh, and it was it was really... Okay, it, it was Dan Slott. Okay, yeah, I'm just looking at it right now. So it was written by Dan Slott and, uh, and of course, like, um, uh, like uh, the colors was John Ponser, inkers were Wade Von Grabber, Cam Smith, and the pencilers were Oliver Koipel and Giuseppe Camincoli. Uh, but Dan Slott was the one who created the entire Spider-Verse and just, like, really brought all the spider people that we know of in one place. And it is by far one of my favorite, favorite Spider-Man stories because it just, you have Peter Parker, you have Miles, you have Spider-Woman, you have Spider-Girl, you have Spider-Gwen, you have, like, uh spider-man punk you have fucking spider-man noir you have spider ham you just just it's it's a mess but in the most organized way possible and it was just a great fun story that like really kind of like solidified kind of like i guess the spider family but like not really but it was it was a great story and so um this book, I ended up, by the end of it, I actually really did end up liking it a lot. But in the beginning, as I was reading it, I was like, God fucking damn, Marvel. Agreed. The, the. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> well, Spider Woman wasn't bitten by a, a radioactive spider. I think she was just exposed to like uh like Jessica Drew, she was like just like exposed to like uh like her father gave them to them or something like that. Uh Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. And it but most of them yeah, it's usually like a radioactive spider or like radioactive like energy or whatever and stuff like that. I think that's what Spider-Woman's is, but Anya was like magic. Mm-hmm. Spider mm-hmm. magic. Um, um but I still I still think it's it was really I actually really like her costume design, I think it was actually, like, pretty modern. Maybe not the exoskeleton thing. I thought that was kind of, like, honestly, I thought it was ugly. It, it totally so reminded like, me of Guyver Bio Booster Armor. Mm-hmm. I yeah. got that feel. But, it, I, but it's also just the artwork in itself was very... It took me a while to get used to it. But also, I believe in the beginning, the book was a little stiff. Uh, it was a little stiff on writing and dialogue, and it wasn't until later in the book that they kind of, like, established, one, uh, who Anya was, but also they made more of an attempt later on in the issues to give her more of a Latin identity, too, because in the beginning, it mm-hmm. was not there, besides in just her name and, like, her, and, like, her dad's name and stuff like that, but then they later, they added in more Spanish, more, sp- like, Spanish food or, like, Latinx food and, like, a actual like spanish words and stuff like that that didn't feel very awkward so they it got better towards like further into the issues and into the series as well which made it more uh endearing to me as well despite the artwork that i didn't really like but the artwork itself got a little bit better too because after a certain point they actually started drawing anya Mm. like a teenager instead of a very small very yeah a yeah, very and small that was woman actually one of the issues i had this is sarah and um i enjoyed that whole scene where she's trying to find a, a costume and they go through like um fantastic four the thor um, matrix and that's really dated because they had a matrix one um they had a sailor moon yeah. uh wonder woman magneto um and they even had a uh, uh, uh kill bill kill yes, bill exactly and yes, yeah. I did notice that the artwork did change when Aranya One went into effect, which was, uh, I actually enjoyed that. Like Jen said, I enjoyed that artwork a lot more. Um, it was more uh, softer, not as uh, defined, not not these sharp corners that we have in the first few issues. And also, what I noticed is that when um, the bio booster—that's <laughs> what I'm going to call it—took her over in her room. <laughs> And she was in that cocoon, um, you know, I guess transforming when she burst out of the cocoon. I don't know if you guys noticed, but like mm-hmm. um, she was naked. She was naked. Um, yeah. And then when she woke up, 
uh, after I guess fainting or whatever, she was completely dressed in the clothes that she was wearing the night before. So I thought, what was the point of uh-huh. the naked fourteen-year-old? I don't get it. Yeah. But, so that kind of yeah. turned me off. And like you said, the the first few issues were a little stiff, but I really got into it when the new artist came in. And even though I'm not really a fan mm-hmm. of her buyer booster armor, um, I like the character that she becomes because at the beginning, she had she what she had like a, what I call a chip on your shoulder or the short <laughs> person syndrome where you like just get mad at anything. Like it's like, okay, dude, chill. Like settle down like you don't have to be that angry mm-hmm. like I don't know why you're and and then I was I, I thought the story was going to go in the direction that um, because her mother abandoned her that she had this chip on her shoulder and she's going to come with all these como se llama all these uh, abandonment issues and that's where the anger comes from but I'm glad they, they uh, pushed the story in a different direction and they didn't and as a matter of fact, if you can tell, if you notice uh, after Aranya won, uh, she doesn't mm-hmm. have these outbursts of anger anymore. You know, she ta- she mm-hmm. becomes a kind of a responsible person towards these new abilities she has, even though like she's still learning about them. She still was learning about what it means to have them and the responsibility that it entails. But I, I, I felt that her character development after Araña number one was a lot better like we see more Latinidad um, I, I thought it was great even the relationship with her and her uh, friend Lynn and um, it just it wasn't mm-hmm. forced or slapsticky it was kind of really good writing I really liked it I think at the beginning they, they were like mm-hmm. unsure where this was going to go but I think when it actually developed after Aranya number one it it became a lot better to read Um, and I know the art is a little dated Mm -hmm. with like the whole uh, 2000s (laughs) look where they have like the the baggy pants and the big shoes and the little tank tops (laughs) like she's going to rave and the spiky hair Uh, but (laughs) hey that fashion was coming back in style by the way my gosh it is you, even the flare oh, pants. No. My little sister bought some flare pants the other day, and I looked at her and I was like, like, "What is no. going on?" But you see, it looked good on her because yeah. she was skinny. But on me, I'm just like, not <laughs> in a million fucking years. I did my time in middle school. I did my time. I I've, I did my time. It's only skinny jeans from now on. I find it super endearing the relationship she has with her dad. Um, how they don't really dwell on, mm-hmm. you know, what happened with her mom. I really like that. I also like how they actually um, tell us later, later, way later in the book, uh, what that what that meant. You know, what relation the relationship with her mom mm-hmm. meant. But I'm glad that he he stepped up to the mantle. He became like super dad, and wasn't like, oh, I'm my wife left me. Oh, you know, it was like, no, we're in this together. We're gonna fight through this. You know. And I love the fact mm-hmm. that she is an honor student. I love that because we <laughs> like our superheroes smart. So I, I love that. So, I, I mean, I can't say... I, I have a lot of little uh, places that I marked off here. But what about you, Krista? What are you thinking? What, what, what did this so, do for you? You keep saying the wife left him. I thought she died. Uh, uh, well, I think she oh, left and okay. then she died. I just got the she died part. All right. But given what we find oh. out about the mom, that makes sense. Yeah. So but we don't actually know um, how her mom died. Like, 
like I had mentioned to both of yeah. you when I was first giving you the book, um, I had to slog through the first three issues, I would say. Um, the art turned me off so much. Mm-hmm. Um, the, when, when, and this is a 14-year-old girl, but when they are drawn so anatomically uh, impossible, <laughs> it definitely takes my attention away from mm-hmm. the story and what I'm reading. And it's just, and I notice this, uh, style throughout the ni- late 90s and early 2000s so it's just the style that Agreed. was um like uh popular during the time um so I understand popular. that but I just looking back at it it just really bothers me and um it it like I said took my attention away now the writer for both the first six issues of Amazing Fantasy and the last six issues of Aranya um, are written by the same person. But I have to say that the last six issues almost seems like it's a completely different person who wrote it. And she <laughs> and I had Agreed. to look back yes. to make sure yes. I was like, no, yeah. it's the same person. Um, but. I feel like she became more comfortable with writing the character and exactly like what both of you said, mm-hmm. you start to see um, her personality and her identity and her culture and her ethnicity be more of the front um, of uh, in the writing and uh, even just like when she comes home and she asks her dad, what are you cooking? And he tells her, he's, I can't remember what it was that he was cooking, but it was a Oh, fritas. And it was a it was a Latinx dish. And so like that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I was thinking for being back in early 2000s, that's pretty that was pretty forward. And also, I can't remember in what issue was she going through the costume changes? Was those were those amazing fantasy or were those um it was amazing fantasy okay. I think the last Because one. she actually make herself makes a comment of, "Hey, you know I'm a 14-year-old girl, right? And that seemed very yes. progressive for being back mm-hmm. in the 2000s, um, especially in Marvel Comics. I mean, when you oh, yeah. when you look now um, mm-hmm. at people complaining about Marvel being a social justice warrior and forcing this kind of stuff down our throats, um, the fact that it was happening way back when actually makes me super happy. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was very surprised because uh, Anya is... Uh, she's... I believe they say that she's uh she's cute. She's either um, Cuban. When I was reading, I'm pretty sure uh, she's Cuban. But back I information for her, um, it actually said that the family came from Mexico, but that doesn't necessarily because it was like a, a Marvel wiki type thing, and mm. you know people are just people think all Latinos mm. are from Mexico. So <laughs> very true. Very true. Yeah. So I actually no, it might be a thing because for a while uh, we just knew that Miles was half Hispanic or half Latinx. We they did yeah. they did not tell us what yeah. uh what mm-hmm. Latinx he was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until later that we found out that he was Puerto right. Rican. 
Um, uh, which makes yes, sense, New York. Of course. Um, uh, and I actually wouldn't be surprised if she had originally been slated like either Puerto Rican or, or Cuban or um, uh, mm-hmm. or Dominican. Yeah, uh, one of the two. Um, but I believe, God, believe uh, or and it, honestly, it might have fucking changed too. Mm-hmm. They can do that. Uh, but uh, I want to say that she's Cuban, uh, Cuban American. But I might be completely and utterly wrong. Well, um, I don't um, even think we have a dish. But so, but she's that's very called fritos in Mexico. Yeah. But I could be wrong. Like maybe if we could, maybe we could uh, <laughs> Google fritos as a dish. We could narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it uh, there it is. Uh, there's fritas cubana and there's fritas mm, mexicanos. Okay. Yeah. And there's fried, fritas on yeah. the It's just it's just another word for saying like right, fried meat. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. And so it, it honestly right. could be mm-hmm. from anywhere, but it's but the fact that they use that word is is very telling. Uh, I think I've only ever heard it in used in like mm-hmm. Cuban food, uh, which is why I said she's Cuban. Uh, but she might not be because again, it is it's just a word, but I've only mostly heard it with used mm-hmm. with Cuban food. Um. um but so she and her like and her family is like they're they're Latinx. Then her best friend is Japanese American, and uh, her mentor is I om- I want to say mm-hmm. also Hispanic slash Native mm-hmm. American. Um, uh, and there's like the yeah. the entire cast is actually really really diverse. Uh, for early two thousands book, I was actually very very surprised, and like her later, like in the in the second part of the book, like her mm-hmm. arch enemy mm-hmm. is Egyptian, uh, and they do like a good job of actually making him look like mm-hmm. Egyptian too, so it's, I I was honestly very surprised by the diversity and the people and the amount of people of color that were in this book. And I I'm kind of wondering how what the reception yeah. was because they they did this and she was obviously popular enough that they did that they kept her character and like in multiple other stuff because she was in Avengers Assemble she then she got her own like Spider Girl series but she was in Inhumanity she was in like Young Avengers mm. she was like she was featured in a lot of stuff and I honestly I do really like. her her character as well and she's come a long way from this but even this in itself yeah. by the end Me of it too. i was actually very mm, very yes. endeared with her with her yes. all over again as a character and even with the story itself i thought it was interesting it wasn't a story mm-hmm. i'd read before but it still very much follows that marvel kind of like young teen superhero gets wrapped up in a problems and that uh, they're too big, but they're bound by right. a sense duty. of duty and mm-hmm. responsibility. Uh, and I think, but they managed to pull it off well in a manner, in a way that that it didn't come off like yeah. super super <laughs> cheesy. Like it's got to be a little cheesy because it's still a comic book, uh, and it's an early two thousands Marvel comic book at that. But it it was more endearing yeah. and than I, frustrating. I want to mention above that, anything uh, else, the original um, stories um, were. Uh, released originally in 2004 and I believe 2005 but this book was reprinted and just released mm-hmm. two weeks ago in mid-December 2020 so I'm wondering 
what Marvel has up their sleeve mm-hmm. if maybe they have something in the works to bring this character back. Um, so uh, I'm really hoping mm-hmm. that that is the case because just like you said, Jen, by the end, I was very uh, endeared to the character and would be interested in reading more. Absolutely. No, same. Honestly, I think it might be as a way of getting the buzz back up for who could be uh, in Into the Spider-Verse 2 that's coming out next year. And that's usually what they do is that they kind of like either a couple months before or even up to a year before the next movie releases, they Mm -hmm. re-release a bunch of content of the old characters or maybe there's like a new series that they're going to be doing that they're that they're pitching uh but she might be a character that could be coming out in into the spider-verse too which i wouldn't be opposed to i like i said i really like anya i think she's really cool and i i like her character and now she's now honestly i kind of wish they kept aranya yeah as the name instead of changing it to spider girl but that's like it in comic books verse people kept not uh, getting that she was Aranya or they couldn't say Aranya so they just called her Spider Girl and then so she got frustrated and she was just like fine I'm Spider so, Girl breaking news whatever here but sometimes I call myself Aranya Comics, mm-hmm. um, actually this article was written September 2020 but uh, Spider Girl project in development at Sony so it says looks as oh, though Sony nice. Pictures is showing no oh. signs of stopping when it comes to introducing audiences to new spider themed heroes from Marvel we at Fandom Wire can exclusively reveal that Sony is developing a Spider-Girl project. So, um, uh, the article just goes on to talk to, uh, tell people who Anya is and what book she's been in and what it means for the rest of, um, the rest of, oh, okay. And in here it says that she's half Puerto Rican, half Mexican. Oh, okay. Thank you, Eddie. Nice. Okay. <laughs> For that scoop. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's super cool. Oh, my God. I'm so excited about that. Um, Puerto Rican and Mexican. What a great combination. Um, I totally love mm-hmm. the writing after, like, after Araña, uh, number one. I think, I think it got really a lot better. I loved the classroom scene. There was a lot of parallels with what the um the teacher was talking about uh about the civil war and what actually anya was facing with uh her now um uh egyptian uh, <laughs> assassin so i really like that i also loved um the little um cameo appearance of our uh, friend, friendly neighborhood spider-man i thought that was a great kind of handing of the mantle and also uh, a, a kind of a great mentoring moment for for her so I thought that was really nice um, I really love um, kind of kind of the kind of person she is you know like um, even during that uh, coffee house scene I thought that you could really tell what kind of mm-hmm. person she was and I thought that was really awesome and uh, just like you said towards the end I I was endeared I want to I want to read more. She just is. She's just such a good example as as a as a superhero. I really loved it. I'm, uh, like I said, I I had to power through the, like maybe the first three issues, but 
by the end of it I totally love her and even though like her uh, the art is a little dated I think it's a really fantastic story and I really love that I know about her now so <laughs> thank you guys so are we ready yes. to rate it yes I am so this is Jen uh, and I'm I'm honestly kind of split because I kind of want to give it two conchas. But at the same time, like, like I got over the art, but the art was, did really bother me for a bit until, like, they, like, really, like, uh, until Aranya number one. But that's, like, mm -hmm. that's, like, half of the book where I was not very pleased with the art as well which was the story itself that we like really carried it through and stuff like that and in the end made me really endeared to her and i that for that reason i'm stuck between giving it a one or a two but i know who anya becomes and how well her character is and in the end i still did enjoy the book even if it was like a little tough to get through those first couple like three or four issues so i'm gonna give it two conchas Oh, yeah. I'm going to give it two conscious because her story and Anya herself as a character only gets better. I really, 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 really recommend reading uh, that Avengers Assemble volume. I believe it's a volume... It's a volume two of the Kelly Sue DeConnick run. Uh, because just how she's written and how she's characterized and her own interactions with, like, the big superheroes and with Spider-Man himself were really, really funny and really, really endearing. And, and she, like, I loved her in, in Spider-Verse and then in Web Warriors and in Spider-Women. So, uh, like, her character only grows after this. So, two conchas <laughs> for me, and it's not like a bad two conchas, it's a good two conchas. So, <laughs> so, two so conchas. So, for me, I agree, uh, I'm also giving it two conchas, and mostly because I f had to force myself to get through that first half of that book. Um, and it definitely um, made up for it at the end because it was a completely different series, although it was the same uh, writer. Um, I feel like she grew into her character and um, we got a more clear picture of who she was. Um, and by the end, I really enjoyed it. And honestly, I'm frustrated with myself and with Marvel um, for the fact that I didn't even know <laughs> that she had been in so many different books and what her um, past was and that she was Latinx. I know Jen had mentioned it to us, but as is with so many of the big two characters, like you have to go searching for them. They're not necessarily just out there. And the fact that she had her own title mm -hmm. series for a while, mm -hmm. The fact yeah. that she had her own title series no, for I had a while, to do a lot of I think, is amazing. And I wonder how long it actually lasted. So um, I am going to mm -hmm. give it two conchettes. Well, this is Sarah. And I'm going to give it three conchas only because I really completely fell in love with the character. Um, yes, it was a tough few first issues to read. And I really did not like her just having such a short fuse. But I'm glad they remedied that halfway through the book. So I'm going to give it three, Tres Conchas. Um, 
I, I would like to actually read the actual, what she grows into, uh, like Jen was saying. Um, mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I, I really liked it. I think it was a really good representation of a young girl after the first three, four issues. Um, and um, I really like her, just her personality and what she stands for. So that's why I'm giving it Tres Cochas. Uh, the artwork <laughs> is very dated, but still pretty good. Uh, it was much better in mm -hmm. Aranya number one and going forth from there because it was more of a softer um, softer feel in the artwork. But uh, overall, I think uh, as far as a book is concerned, I'm going to give it Tres Conchas. So guys, that was our mm -hmm. book review. <laughs> All right, guys, now it's time for On My Radar. Kristen, what is on your radar? Okay, so... I, it would be, um, I would be remiss to not mention one of my absolutely favorite books is coming out with their very first volume number one of an omnibus and it's going to collect one through 16 and I'm talking about Colin Bunn's Harrow County. Now if you um, listen at all to um, Kamasi Comics in the past you might have heard me talk about how Harrow County is one of my favorite books um, and it is written by Colin Bunn and the artist is Tyler Crook and the art is amazing. The art is um, watercolor and just super super creepy it is horror uh, and um, this uh, omnibus collects the first half of a highly acclaimed Eisner nominated horror fantasy tale mm -hmm. collected in a value priced omnibus although they don't tell us here what the price is so value quote unquote <laughs> um, so Emmy <laughs> who is the main character always knew that the woods surrounding her home crawled with ghosts and monsters but on the eve of her 18th birthday she learns that she is connected to these creatures and to the land itself in a way she never imagined. So that's very broad description of the book, but I cannot recommend it enough. And I recommend it to people walking into the store all the time, uh, horror fans or not, or people just looking for good uh, art. Um, it's just so so good so um that is coming out this week which no matter when you are listening to this podcast this wednesday new comic book day is january 6th 2021 so it will be available at your local comic shop um on that day or any day after that and if they don't have it they could easily order it for you from their distributor awesome All right, guys, now it's time for Juntos, oh no, Juntos y Fuertes. Yes, that's right. Kristen has some Juntos y Fuertes for us today. Okay, so today I have for us a, a prose book that is written by Crystal Maldonado. And it is a book that um, really highlights um, body acceptance for teens. And this is a YA book and it is due out February 2nd, 2021. Uh, the, it is published by Holiday House. And it's called Fat Chance Charlie Vega. And um, Puerto Rican teen Charlie Vega must already contend with familial and societal expectations to be thinner, 
whiter and quieter. But things get even more complicated when she finds out the boy with whom she started a tentative relationship first asked out her best friend Amelia, making her wonder if she's the consolation prize. So this is a YA book that sounds like um, culture is a big thing. Um, And uh, it talks about contending with societal expectations to be thinner, whiter, and quieter. Uh, And so um, I know Latinas get uh, the stereotype of being loud and obnoxious. (laughs) So um, it sounds really cool and really... um, uh, interesting, and I love YA, whether they're graphic novels or regular novels. And this book actually um, came to me by way of a whole entire article that Publishers Weekly um, actually uh, published uh, for a whole bunch of children's books and YA books about body acceptance. So um, definitely tons of this wow. stuff coming out in the new year. And th- this one specifically by Crystal Maldonado, Fat Chance, Charlie Vega. That sounds super amazing. It sounds like a book I should have read in junior high or something. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. All right, guys, now it's time for In La Libreria. Jen, ¿qué tenemos en la librería hoy? Well, in La Libreria hoy is Zucker. Femininity by ZW underscore art. It's an aesthetic NSFW art zine about all female bodies, love, being queer, femininity, and lust. Oh, right. So, yes. Uh, and I actually think they're going to do it more like a hardcover style thing. So it's like, it's a zine, but it's also like a book. Or you can choose, uh, you can choose the base is for it. But as, uh, what you choose your, um, uh, whatchamacallit, the backings and stuff like that. Uh, the creator, whose at is at, uh, ZW underscore art on twitter you get to choose what he's going or what they are going to be including uh in the book oh cool so yes and the zine will have at least 50 pages possibly more sfw and nsfw artworks fully rendered artworks of women and feminine queer people sketches and doodles step-by-step tutorials and a lot more so you yourself as the backers get to choose the contents you get a lot of like art tutorials and stuff like that he gives they they give a good breakdown of um um of where like the funds are going to and stuff like that but it is zucker uh on kickstarter and it's already met its goal it had a goal of 970 dollars and it is at 1178 it has 31 backers with 31 days still to go so it's um um it's it it looks really good the artwork looks amazing and uh, they already po- posted like some examples of like the kind of uh art that they're going to be posting and it's all like really amazing you got different body types different uh ethnicities different races and it's just an appreciating of womanhood and fe- and like it like it said femininity so it's like uh i think it's really really cool i'm actually going to back it as well but it looks (laughs) it looks beautiful and i mean 
uh, sometimes you just want to stare at uh, women. Like, it's nice. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When you said um, step-by-step tutorials, I got excited, but I'm a little disappointed to find out that it was just for art. It might be art. <laughs> or it might be something else. You don't know. It could be. I just, I thought it said step-by-step tutorials, and I immediately thought art because it's an art thing, yeah. but it could be about technique, yeah. too. <laughs> if it's an appreciation of female bodies right. and femininity, yeah. it's like, you gotta, you gotta know how to do these yep. things. So, it might have those, too. Uh, but it is Zucker, and it is, it was created, um, by... Zucker Damp F. Woke. Uh, and this is their first Kickstarter. Uh, and of course, it's all, it's rated 18 and over, so stuff like that. But it's already met its funding goal. And they are going to have stretch goals oh, nice. that they're going to announce later on. But it's I think it's something that is interesting. Uh, and that, I'm going to be honest, I'm interested in because I'm gay. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, uh, go ahead and back it. I think it's, uh, I think it's going to be a great book. All right, guys, it's that time. Saludos. And saludos goes out to everyone out there that is supporting and listening to our podcast. Welcome to 2021. Thank you so much for supporting us and for uh, listening to our episodes and subscribing to our YouTube channel. Thank you so much for the support. Uh, we are so grateful to you. Um, and that brings us to the end of our episode. Where can they find us, girls? You can always find us on Facebook at Comic Comadres or on Instagram at Com- Comadres e Comics. You can find us on Twitter at Comic Comadres where you can send us a DM as well. Yes, you could also email us directly at comadrescomics at gmail.com. Uh, please also look to our Las Platicas episodes that are readily available on YouTube. Uh, they are at Comadresi Comics on YouTube. And uh, we are going to post a new episode out, so we're very excited for you guys to check that out. Please remember to like and subscribe. Um, also, you can find us at the Period Network Dot on periodnetwork.com where there's other amazing uh, female podcasters that create content for everyone. Um, we also have something going on. What is it? Kristen? Yes. So if you uh, rate and leave a, um, what do you call it? A review on our uh, Apple podcasts, we will put your name into a drawing for um what is it? The Quince Bilingual Edition. I always forget it's a long name. The Ultimate Bilingual Edition? No. Definitive, Definitive. Bilingual Edition of the book Quince, which is a book um, by Fanbase Press and written by our friend, uh, uh, well, created by Sebastian Kadlecic, another Latino creator, and written by the Stein Kellner sisters. And it is about Lupe, who is a 15-year-old girl who uh, discovers that she has superhero powers on the eve of her quinceanera. And turns out she has these powers 
hours for one year and the book is all about her um, just trying to figure out how to be a superhero while she is also being a 15 year old girl so it's a great book we can't recommend it enough and it can be yours for free and it is a signed edition where most of the creators have signed it as well so all you got to do is rate and review our podcast on apple podcast uh, i believe also if you um leave a review on our youtube is that right too sarah uh, like and subscribe to our YouTube okay. channel. We'll enter you into the drawing for Kimsa as well. And the drawing will be on January 20th. Yes, and it the drawing will be held January 20th. Well, we had said before that uh, if you rate and review us on uh, your favorite streaming platform, uh, that is incorrect. You have to actually log into your iTunes account for you to leave a um, review and a rating. So... I know it's kind of a pain. You probably forgot your password, but <laughs> you can always change it, guys, and then leave us a, a rating and a review. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, that brings us to the end of this episode. We have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.